Welcome to the True Face Podcast. Welcome back. Hey you know, I really enjoyed yesterday afternoon. Someone explain what we did in our office and around the world yesterday afternoon. It was a, a marionette of a mariachi <laughs> band. Okay. And Bill was actually on the flute. So, uh, but that usually it's, isn't in a mariachi. It's new. It's yeah. new. So we wanted to just uh, introduce that to Brand the world. Brand new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we it worked. that up on Instagram. I, yeah. So, around the world that. it was watched. It was pretty incredible. Seven yeah. people. Yeah. I didn't no, that's, see it coming. No. I did not know. That was going to happen. No, instead, uh, so we have uh, our high trust leader course, certificate course, and uh, we had take about 100 leaders through that across the world, and they join that in teams of anywhere from 3 to 10. And uh, each time that we do that, once starting in January, once starting in August, we, right in the middle, have a question and response time. We could call it question and answer, but some are just responses. Um and we get quite a few people who have spent a lot of time thinking about the theological basis for why grace is actually the way to live the gospel, why it's like the way, um, and then how it is applied through really hard things, really hard verses, verses that don't seem to line up. And we talk about it for an hour, and people get to ask all their questions. And um, it was a good time yesterday. Yeah. Sure it was. Yeah, it was. It was. It was really, really encouraging. Um, it, we've done this for a little bit. I, I'm encouraged with uh, depth may not be the right word, but the significance of the questions that are now being asked. Yeah. I, it, because they're looking for application, mm-hmm. not just information. That was really obvious in almost all those questions yesterday. Yeah, you pass through the veil from like trying to prove that you kind of get it to a point of having tried to live it to a point of being frustrated with trying to live it around other people. And then there's like a, a set of questions that comes even after that, where you've got this kind of firm yes to this, but also what about all this other stuff? And it's it's just like a third level in. Mm-hmm. And um, we got a lot of those questions. Yes, yeah. we sure did. Thought-provoking. It went fast. Yes, it it, I, it, it does. It just felt to me it like goes fast. my gosh, an yeah. hour. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah, we never get through all the questions. That <laughs> oh, asked. gosh, no. That's right. Maybe 10% yesterday. Leave mm-hmm. the rest for those faculty <laughs> to <laughs> resolve. One of the reasons it's thought-provoking is that the questions themselves kind of are a mirror to us mm-hmm. that uh, we never get done processing mm-hmm. the application of the gospel to our own lives, our own relationships, our own um, journeys and traumas and losses and hopes, and dreams, and so w- many of those questions yesterday uh, hit me that way. Uh, even though we're supposed to be answering, we're realizing, hey, guess what? Yeah, amen. we are in the middle of this as well. Amen. So I feel like if you turned it around and asked them some questions just about their life, like they could answer some of our questions. <laughs> that, that's true. <laughs> Come on, that's now. true. Yeah. Yeah, and I love the diversity of people. Mm-hmm. Everything from from athletes to educators to homemakers to pastors to business people that are asking these questions. Uh, so they come out of all different sources of life and influence, and that's another thing I like. But I also like this ladder that we're working on. Mm-hmm. I, I very much am a fan of... The way this ladder builds out of Philippians 2 and other places, 
the life of Jesus. And we happen to be on the third rung, the obedience rung mm-hmm. today. We were last week as well, but this will be probably our final week on the obedience rung and trying to uh, imagine how, how does this rung apply to the church, mm-hmm. um, to everyone that might be gathered in such a community, to those that lead, uh, to those that are still trying to figure out uh, Jesus for the first time. Mm-hmm. Obedience, uh, interesting word. Mm-hmm. Talk today about the issue of when you start with humility, go to submission, and then end up on this third rung, which is all built out of a trust core. What happens when you contemplate obeying mm-hmm. and you don't know what the consequences mm-hmm. are going to be? Yeah, Brittany, you you were saying something that didn't sound very nice, but I think is true. You should say, <laughs> oh, wow. Come on. say that again. I mean, yeah. I, I, I was just commenting before we started that it's a big shift when you go from thinking that if you're obedient, then that means that things will go well, that your life will look better and and it will turn out well, um, when that's often not the case. And you move from thinking that obedience equals some outcome to realizing that obedience is deeper than that and many times means that things won't go well, but it's still what we choose out of trust. Um, I, I can really distinctly remember the first time that I had that moment of I'm still going to obey and I know this will go poorly, but I trust you enough that I think it's worth, I think it's worth doing and I know it's worth obeying. And that's just a big shift. Yeah. Well said. Very well said. Why, why do we think that if we obey God, then everything will? Where, where does that kind of belief system come from? I think it uh, – go ahead, Brittany. You were going to say something. Go oh, ahead. I just was laughing in my head because I just – I think that there's a little bit of a gospel of Jesus is supposed to make my life work. Mm-hmm. Jesus is supposed to make my life look really good mm-hmm. um, and easier and better. And mm-hmm. we don't see that in the Bible, but it yep. still is this funny. I was talking to a friend recently who was feeling really frustrated that they had tithed a lot and and they were not being financially blessed. Mm-hmm. And it was, mm-hmm. all right, let's talk about what you expected. Mm-hmm. But I think there's just an underlying, Jesus will make my life easier and better yes. and more fun and happy yes. if I'm obedient. Um but I think we just kind of spun up out of hoping that that would be the gospel, and I don't think it is. Amen. You know, part part of what we're talking about is is this reality that we assume that God is on some kind of a merit system with mm-hmm. us because he's on some kind of a merit system with us. <laughs> and, and therefore, if God blesses me, he's a good God, etc., and therefore, if I'm good, then he'll bless me. It just it just messes up the whole the whole reality. Uh, years ago, we we made this statement that our our opportunity is to obey God. His responsibility is to deal with the consequence of my obedience. So one of our dilemmas is that we want to somehow measure, as you were just saying, Brittany, what will happen if I obey. Mm. Rather than, can I trust God in my obedience? And, and when we try to measure what will happen, then we create an expectation. Instead of just trusting God with doing what he said, 
Bruce, you were just alluding to this humility, submission, obedience. It's like my submission is to let God influence my life. My obedience is to act upon God's influence. God's Mm. responsibility is to, in fact, deal with the consequence of that choice. And there are you know, lots of biblical characters. Abraham comes to mind when he offered up his son. Oh, my gosh. He was trusting God with the consequences. David killed a giant with a stone. <laughs> well, where did that come from? It was, it was all rooted in promises. And then he didn't kill the man that he was supposed to become king <laughs> after in that cave when he was chased for years and years. So also an act of yeah. obedience. So yeah, exactly. Trust. Yeah. yeah. And then you're right, David. And then trusting God that if I'm supposed to be king and this guy still is, and he's a jerk, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, wouldn't it be easier just to kill him and then I could be king? And no, everyone no. knows the answer to that. Exactly. <laughs> That's <Yes>. right. <laughs> yes. Everybody but David. Yeah. 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 Shoot. Uh, how would you help? We're coming up on Easter and, I, and that made me, uh, think about, uh, Brittany, what you were saying is that you know people want to do this so that the, this outcome can take place. And that's why many people show up on Easter. Yeah. And God, we have a deal. I show up on Easter, maybe Christmas too, and then you you do good things for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, this is not the God of the Bible. This is not the deal he struck. Mm. And I, I, you know, there are many religions that this is the deal that their God strikes. You do good things, I give you favor. You do bad things, you get punished, so you work harder, you get back in favor. But God has already given us a new heart. And I think that when we possibly think of pastors or small group leaders or teachers or other uh, folks that have any responsibility for influencing others to, to obey, to align with the truth, I think of this question, how do they, how do they help people um, be inspired, be nurtured Mm. to align with the truth? Mm. How do they help them from either a pulpit or a a small group, um, study group? Um, I guess it comes down in my mind as it, you say that too if if it's not about what we're going to get as far as like um, remuneration or perks um, what is it that God wants to give us and do we believe that it's better than what we could dream up I was thinking about the story of how this guy Jairus his, his daughter's dying and he goes to Jesus because he's like he can help me and Jesus pauses on the way there to heal this woman who's been dying basically for years and the the disciples are like what are you doing and Jairus is probably thinking oh, you've screwed it all up I trusted in you and now my daughter's dead my servant says that my daughter's dead and in that moment if if I'm thinking like I've got to get it right I've got to get my timing right and then Jesus will give me good things right then I despair I don't only despair that I haven't figured it out but God isn't good because what I wanted didn't happen. And so eventually I feel like you always got to get there. First of all, I screwed it up, but eventually God isn't good. But if we know that God is good, 
then we go a little further in the story. He lets that child die, or, or so it seems. And he's so sweet to wake her up. And I, I almost cried the last time I read it. And I don't really know why, but it was just like how sweet it would be to see Jesus there. And he's waking you up. She's gone through a lot of time of dying. This is not good. Nothing looks right. It all ends wrong. But he changes it. And so his timing, how it looks, all of that, what does he want? Well, he wants to wake you up to his mm. sweet presence mm -hmm. after what looks like death. Well Terrific said, example. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yeah. How else do you think um, we might encourage people to nurture others in this aligning with truth? I, part of what comes to my mind, Bruce, is that, is that we are um, – trying to share a message of grace in which we are trusting what God says is true. And we're trying to encourage pastors and leaders to help people understand who God says they are. But you have to know who God is. And so if, I, if I'm on this bargaining dynamic with God, I don't understand him. David, your story is so poignant this morning. It's like he showed up to do his thing his way. And it doesn't always measure to us. So that what happens is we have many, many people who are teaching that if you just do certain things this way, God will show up this way. Yeah. And, and, and therefore, and they have all these models, and they're always the model. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and, and that is, that's tragic. Yeah. That's tragic because it does something. It, it goes back to our very basic pleasing, trusting God model, way back there. If I'm pleasing God, then I am the one that is initiating the relationship. Always a bad theology. God must always be the one that is initiating the relationship with me. If we could help people understand that, teach that, and live into that, yeah. then I won't be afraid of being obedient. That's right. I was thinking also that God tells us that we can now obey from the heart. Amen. Because we have a new heart, and that goes back to trusting who God is and who he says you are. Absolutely. And that gives that gives hope to people that you actually have an obedient heart. And Ezekiel said, I I in Ezekiel 36, God is saying, I will give you a new heart. A new heart, not a stony heart, but a heart of flesh that will obey. Amen. And that gives us lots of hope that our Amen. DNA is as naturally an obedient heart. Even when we face difficult things, mm. we come back to believe, who did God make me? Mm. Well, I think this is a such an important rung that, again, lays base for the next rung of suffering that we'll probably spend. We're going to skip that rung, right? Oh, that's right. We're yeah. going straight to destiny. Straight to the good stuff. And, and yeah. how dare we put suffering as the next rung after obedience? Yeah, yeah. That doesn't. Yeah, it's supposed to be Talk about good something times. not making sense. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Now's the time to stop listening. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and they will. Yeah. <laughs> see you next week. <laughs>